This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's up, friends? Before we hop into this awesome show, I got to tell you about our friends and family over at Green Mountain Dental. We've had so many listeners over the years switch over to Green Mountain Dental and come back and give us the best feedback possible, saying that they are sticking with Green Mountain Dental as their family dentistry for life because of how well they were treated. And that's why so many of us have switched over to Green Mountain Dental over at DNVR is because they treat you like family, and that is so important when dealing with your teeth. And on top of that, they've been a longtime partner of DNVR, and so Supporting our partners is supporting us, so we would really appreciate it as well. But here's a reason for you to go. Not only will they treat you extremely well and talk Colorado sports, but if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from them. That's all you have to do is get your teeth clean, which you're already going to do, and they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush, which will keep those teeth clean when you're not at the dentist. So make sure to check them out. Give them a call and a visit over at Green Mountain Dental and set up that cleaning, x-ray, and exam. All right, Ryan and Mace. Let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, Arcade at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four we're still waiting for. We'll bring on the chase. Out on the field, mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR and we are live from Studio C. Uh, <laughs> wi Fi is, uh, is greater out here. <laughs> Some may say some may use another word for it. <laughs> what uh, a way to cool. kick us off. I love it. <laughs> you know what? Every once in a while it's, it's good to get get the show started with a smile. Screw this. Screw this. <laughs> they That's they always amazing. happen when we're working remotely, right? I mean I know, yes. Yeah, never yeah. in person. Yeah, working remotely sucks in my opinion. Anyways, um, <laughs> We are presented by msudenver.edu slash online. Make sure you have good internet uh, if you're going to go to MSU Denver. But other than that, you won't have any problems. You can work from the comfort of your own couch. You can hang out uh, and get a great education from anywhere in the world with MSU Denver online. And MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. So check them out. My boys, what is up? We're we're off to a great start, and boy, I can't wait for this pod. And hopefully, guys, this sets up for the Broncos to be off to a hot start. Maybe they need someone, you know, to to drop a couple f bombs right before the game and get them fired up, just like we're fired up right now. Who's the most likely I, uh... person to do that, Zach? Ryan or Kareem? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's why he's a captain. <laughs> If, if they yeah, need if, if they, they need a little prod, it's got to come from KJack. If they need someone to come in there and curse up a storm, I will happily do it. <laughs> you curse like a, a sailor? 
Um, I, I mean, probably I would say people would probably say that about me. You could, you could get there. Mace, could you, could you get there? Oh, absolutely. Actually, yesterday I did. Um, oh, when I, uh, I was on Mace uh, on, Unchained. Well, I was on a, I was on a, uh, on a break on the radio, and it was when there was that, uh, that pop up in the infeed that was uh, near the dugout in the Brewers Braves game, and. It bounced out. The catcher couldn't bring it in, but then uh, Luis Urias got his, uh, looked like he got his glove under it, but then replay showed that the ball hit the ground. But then we learned that replay couldn't in, could not overturn that, so it was still an out. And at that point, it was just bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> yeah. Hat, yeah, that was frustrating. Threw across the room. I mean, it was, it was you know, it, it, it was wild. So, yes, I can get like that. Re- I was thinking about this in terms of if one of us could provide motivation. RK, you've said you're watching Ted Lasso. Have you added any episodes since last we brought it up? No, I, oh. I literally um, watched the first six episodes, got addicted, and haven't. That was over a week ago. Haven't had time to watch a single other episode since. So you haven't Man, gotten to the tough. one with the Everton Max yet, right? Nope. Okay, because what we're talking about in terms of Spoiler? if one of us were giving some motivational speeches, when you see that episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because okay. yeah, Spe- speaking of episodes, really, have you guys seen Squid Games? No, no. Also, I don't believe there's heard? an S on the end of that. Oh, Squid Game. Okay, I think okay. So. I think so. Yeah, it's apparently just the hottest thing ever, and I, I felt like a loser for being the only one to not watch it. But, hey, if you guys are joining me, I'm cool with that. It took me a long time to get around to Ted Lasso. I'll probably finish it sometime in around, like, 2025. Um, <laughs> so when I get to that, uh, I will, uh, I'll I'll, swip, I'll flip it over to Squid Games, as you call <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> well, it- let's flip over is it pretty graphic? That's what I've heard. And oh yeah, I and, heard it's very yeah brutal. Then I, I'm not gonna watch it then because that's same reason why I'm not in the Game of Thrones. There's there's a level of graphic violence that is just too vivid for me that mm. makes that makes me uncomfortable. So I literally have zero context for what it is. Okay. For Allie Squid says Games? Allie Games? says it's like Hunger Games but in regular life. People get killed, real life people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think they try to build it as a reality show, but it's not actually a reality show. Oh, yeah. now you have my attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it not has helpful. 111 million people's attention on Netflix, which is just crazy. So I'll stick with we'll the crown. Dive into that. <laughs> I don't think you're getting much violence there, man. No. Work for Netflix PR, just dropping those numbers. <laughs> it, it's the it's the fast. It's the most popular show on Netflix ever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? People wow. love seeing people die, man. I, <laughs> I guess. And hey, it caught your attention. You want to die. Or you want to watch people die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did think I dropped my phone off of my balcony right before the show. And I did tell you guys that I was thinking of maybe just joining it if I did. Now we got you inside. Yep, I'm inside. I'm safe. And my phone actually was just under a chair, not off the balcony. (laughs) That is lucky. Well, Willie, guys, chiming in with the Super Chat, just just giving us money. So thank you, Willie. We really uh, appreciate that. Shout out to Willie. He earlier had said, uh, appreciate yesterday's show. So Mm. oh, there he goes. Appreciated yesterday's pod. I love that you weren't afraid to take 
uh, stances on important issues. DNVR is the best in the business for the outstanding coverage, but more importantly, the quality of the people. Thank you so much, Willie. We really appreciate it, and uh, glad you glad you enjoyed the show yesterday. Yeah, um, really, and, and I really enjoyed the show yesterday, guys. I thought it was a, a great conversation, and you know, some football, some uh, some life that that we had to talk about. So I'm I'm glad they liked it, Willie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I had my way, we would just always get to goof around and talk football on this show. But uh, every once in a while, you know, real life and football um, cross paths. And uh, and I'm always glad that I get to talk about that stuff with you guys because I feel like we always have great conversations. Um, okay, totally speaking of great agree. conversations, let's have a great conversation about how the Broncos win this game. Because... It's this is the crossroad. In fact, yesterday, let me get the exact numbers. Yesterday, I put out a poll. Uh, I wanted to see where people stand on Vic Fangio. Uh, and I had a pretty good general idea of where this was headed. But I just wanted to have uh, a decent frame before we talked about this on the show today. So I posted, where are you at with Vic Fangio? The options were all in on him, still holding out hope, almost out on him, and completely out on him. And guys, 76% of people were either almost out on him or completely out on him. 22% of people still holding out hope. 2% of people, uh, also known as the Fangio family, all in on him uh, at this point. So are they checking in from Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so you've got 47% of people who say they're almost out on him, guys. And I would venture to guess that 40% of those people will be lost if they lose this Sunday to the Las Vegas Raiders, completely erase their 3-0 start with a very difficult schedule ahead of them, and pretty much, in my opinion, uh, see their playoff hopes go from decent, actually great at 3-0, 75% of teams that start 3-0, right? Um, and go all the way back down to bad. I would say they have a, a bad chance of making the playoffs uh, if they Scientific. lose this week. So this yeah. is absolutely not just a swing game for this season. This is a swing game for the entire Vic Fangio era, uh, and the Broncos absolutely have to get one here. They have to. I mean, the, the, this. I hate saying must win uh, early in the season, but guys, this truly is a must win because then again, you go and you play the Cleveland Browns in a couple of days later on the road, Thursday night. That may be the most difficult game on the schedule now that the Chiefs look vulnerable. That really could be the most difficult game on the schedule. So then you're staring at a four-game losing streak if you lose that game. But if you win this game, guys, we broke it down a bit yesterday. If you win this game, you'll have a winning record by – but by the time the bye comes around. And then in the final stretch after the bye, you've got everything in front of you that you want. However, if you lose this game, guys, the, the train has completely fallen off the tracks and it's rolling down the hill and there's no stopping it. Who who says that they beat the 2-3 and three Philadelphia Eagles at home? Who says that they beat the 2-3 and three Taylor Heineke-led Washington football team? I think they'll still win those games, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be willing to put the mortgage on, on those games if, if they're not able to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 1-3, and three, then the Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, who are struggling to all end. I mean, guys, the, the Raiders are in the same terrible position the Broncos are in on a two-game losing streak with their season potentially on the brink right now 
and their coach just got in a, a just just resigned after a huge scandal. So I mean, th- this is something where the Broncos. You think the Broncos are in a tough spot this week? Holy cow! It is so much worse for your opponent. If you lose this game, I think there's maybe only one game left you can put in Sharpie, and that's the Lions. And even then, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put that in Sharpie as a dub, just given where the team is headed. It's. I mean, this is kind. Of, I think these two games, this and the Pittsburgh game, this is sort of the moment where the season is going to go one direction or the other. And the interesting thing here is when you do have a coach who, if they're three and three, three and four, if they lose this one and then lose to Cleveland, you have a coach and a staff that uh, could be in some trouble and uh, the, the seats could be hot. I mean, frankly, guys, that's where you start seeing players playing for themselves and not for the collective as a team, not playing for the coach and that's business decisions. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's why when we were, when we were going through the season in week by week back in August, early September, one reason why I said the floor was still pretty low five and 12, six and 11 was the possibility of a season that just went off the rails. If guys just kind of checked out and, and that's that's where you could be headed if you lose these these next two games. I mean, we'll, look, if they lose if they lose this one Sunday and they they probably lose Cleveland after that, you are talking about probably being sellers of the deadline as well. There's a mm, yeah. lot. There's so much in play right now. Yeah, and Mace also with with the narrative. If the Broncos lose this game, what everyone is going to say, and you know it's going to start bleeding into the locker room, is up. Oh, yep, this is just the Denver Broncos team of the last five years. Uh, they're not. They're they're better than the worst teams in the league, and, and they can handle those teams. They're not going to go winless, obviously. Uh, but they can't compete with any good teams. So this is just going to be a worst case scenario where the Broncos end up anywhere between five and eleven or five and twelve. Uh, now since they have those three games I don't think it would be that but like a six and eleven and uh an eight and nine team and as we know guys and as we've lived that's kind of the worst place to be and if you lose this game people are gonna say well that you know you're gonna beat Detroit you'll probably you know steal what one of the game one of the other games you're not supposed to win and you'll beat you know one or both of Pittsburgh or Washington and the Eagles and boom there you go there's your eight wins there's your seven and nine there's your eight and or seven and ten eight and nine yeah, uh, I'll put this simply. If the Broncos win, sorry, if the Broncos lose this weekend, uh, watching college football on Saturday will start being homework again for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that's where we'll be looking. And um, no one wants to see that happen, boys. So let's jump in. It's whiteboard Wednesday. Let's see what the Broncos need to do this week to get a win over the Raiders. Let's do how many uh, bullet points do we have? We got five. We got five. All right, let's do two. You have ten fingers. It's ten. (laughs) Five twice. (laughs) Five twice. Uh, Just doubling down on five. Uh, Let's do two uh, in this segment, and then we'll hit a break and get to the others on the other side. All right, so let's hit this first one. Tackle or no, these are uh, that that was last week's, I believe. There we go. Expect the unexpected. Mace, you want to talk about this one? Here here goes Zach with uh, the more um, PR for Squid Game. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait, there's more that could tie into Squid Games later. Oh, yeah, I I guess so. I may have to overcome my sensibilities and watch that. I'm gonna know what everyone was talking about, but. You have a new coach in Rich Bisacci, and most importantly, I think, 
on the offensive side for the Raiders, you have a new play caller in Greg Olson, who has been John Gruden's lieutenant. And this is where maybe you start kind of expecting that they might change their point of emphasis. We know that John Gruden does like to make sure he sets up, he sets up the run maybe to a fault. But if you have Derek Carr offering a little more input, whispering in Greg Olson's ear, perhaps this is where the Raiders say, you know what, let's turn it loose. Our, the strength of our team is in its pass-catching targets. Darren Waller, we'll get into him in a little bit. Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, when they've uncorked it to him, they've opened up the offense. So I would say go into this, and while you can study the film and study the tendencies, know that you're probably going to see some things that you haven't seen before. And also another thing with a special teams coach being the head coach, guys, and this is bad news maybe for Tom McMahon's unit, maybe expect some trickery on the special teams units as well. So you have to go in and know that while you can get a lot out of the film, that you have to be on guard for pretty much everything because the slate is wiped clean with a new head coach. Yeah, you're 100% right, Mace. And, and and that's something where the Broncos have to be ready for in-game adjustments. Don't wait till halftime. Be ready to change stuff at, after the first drive. And that's something that, uh, you know, I don't think we see, we've seen a lot with this coaching staff. And so I hope that's something that they're willing to adapt to this week. Yeah, in-game adjustments are really important. I do have to say that uh, Peyton Manning put an official end to halftime adjustments during one of those Monday night uh, one of those Monday Night Football broadcasts when even he is saying that that no no one makes actual halftime adjustments, <laughs> no, right. then I actually believe him. Like I've heard that from <laughs> from different players throughout, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like the real ones are probably doing it. When Peyton was like, yeah, I know, everyone just like goes in there and takes <laughs> a piss and then eats uh, oranges. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a quick conversation with like a, a focus or an emphasis in the second half, and then everyone goes back out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so Mel Tucker's uh, halftime adjustments from Nick Saban being life changing weren't uh, weren't necessarily that. Hey, maybe deep. Nick. And, and I mean, um, is yeah, college football uh, halftime is five minutes longer. So you no, know, there you go. You can get so much longer. in. So what is it? Minutes, right? Yeah. Oh, so it's eight minutes longer. Yeah, because NFL is twelve. That is crazy. Imagine my surprise when I was watching the Sunday night football and didn't realize there was a lightning delay. And I was like, this is the longest 12 minutes I've ever been a part of in my life. Life just slowed down for you, Ryan. It was yeah. uh, it was fantastic. It literally, I, I think I did. I tell this story already on the show. I think it was I, off the show. Okay. Yeah. I, I ordered DoorDash and it said like, uh, it's going to be 40 minutes or whatever. And um, I was just kind of sitting there scrolling the internet or whatever. And I like, I got the notification, like your food has been picked up and is on the way. And I was like, man, that was, that was fast as if <laughs> halftime hasn't even ended yet. And they're already <laughs> on the way. And then that's when I, that's when my brain started clicking on realizing something else was going on. I uh, I went on a walk during halftime and kind of left near the the latter part of halftime and knew I was going to miss some of the third. Came back and it still said halftime and I picked up my remote to see if it like get it back live because I thought it had paused or something. I mean it was it was perfect. Go for a walk, come back and it's still halftime. Zach loves a good walk. The man <laughs> loves a good walk. Love love a good walk. Something else I love, guys, is this second whiteboard bullet point. 
no easy cheese. You, you, uh, you done, I'm, I'm done giving quarterbacks easy cheese, guys. I'm done by letting these guys just pick apart the offense because, or pick apart the defense because you know what? It it turns into big plays and it turns into Chase Claypool tearing down the 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 middle of the field with the ball. Von Miller's just chasing him. I don't want this this easy cheese given, especially. To Derek Carr, guys, he's a guy who, against the Broncos, he completes like 80, 86% of his passes game in and game out. Don't let Derek Carr eat. Take that cheese away. You're going to have a bad time watching this game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really think the Broncos' approach is going to be like it always is against Derek Carr, which is let him dink dink and dunk his way between the 20s and make them settle for a field goal. And Um, you know what? That, That worked the Vicks first year, I believe they went one and one against the Raiders in Vicks first year last year. Oh, and two. Now I know that didn't help when drew had, you know, what was it? Four interceptions in that game last year, but so you got to do something different. You got to do something different, Vic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're telling Vic Fangio, I don't know. He's got to do something <laughs> different. I just feel like it's tough to teach an old dog, new tricks. Um, I think he's going to play his defense, which is sitting in kind of soft, soft zones and um, bend, don't break. That's what they do. They play bend, don't break defense. And to be fair, they've actually had success keeping them out of the end zone sometimes when they play this. And even previous Broncos coaches took the same approach uh, to playing Derek Carr. I can't stand it. Uh, it. It's tough to watch, and and I'm with you, Zach. I wish they would take away the easy stuff, but I think you're going to see a lot of six to eight yard catches for Darren Waller. I think you're going to see a lot of four to five yard catches for Hunter Renfro. And what worries me is that just by human nature, when they do that, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson's eyes are going to start looking a lot more in front of them. And Henry Ruggs is a special, special player out there. Uh, obviously, they, they got beat uh, by Marquise Brown on this, on this sort of thing. And I'm worried that, uh, that if you get lulled into that easy stuff too much, you start, you know, especially a guy like Kareem, not to say he's going to get beat, but he's a guy who if you start throwing that short stuff in the middle, he's licking his chops saying, I'm going to blow someone up. And all of a sudden, you start taking a step forward and you look over your head and Henry Ruggs is running deep. So. If you can if you can take away that big stuff and just allow them to yeah you know lull themselves to sleep almost a little bit going for the short stuff maybe you get a couple drops in that this that, and the other thing but if you you cannot afford to get burned by Henry Ruggs or to get seamed by Darren Waller um, and that's a tough task you know these Raiders are a little bit different than than um, the ones of the last you know even four or five years. They have they're they are capable of big explosive plays. Well, you and remember that's... last year in week seven in week seventeen, guys, Derek Carr actually threw a couple of picks. Now Carr was pushing it down the field more than he had been in previous games against the Broncos. Those were literally the first interceptions he'd thrown against Denver since October 2015, when Chris Harris Jr. had that pick six uh, back in back in Oakland. So was that a sign of what? Derek Carr is going to do going forward is he going to push it down the field more or was that just it's week 17 the game doesn't mean anything let's just wing it around and have some fun and it, it I I think we may see kind of a somewhere in between the two of them that he does push it 
But if Hunter Renfro is there underneath and he's and and, and he's just turning on that little seven yard curl, that he'll take it all day. Well, and guys, frankly, the the Broncos have lost my trust that they can protect the deep stuff because the past two weeks they've been they've been really bad at giving that up, uh, and so that's why if you're going to be giving those up plus the short stuff, oh my gosh, then Derek Carr is going to go off for thirty points. That that's why you know it, you, you've proven that you can't protect the deep stuff, so at least take away the short stuff. All right, um, we will get to the rest of these in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the absolute best beers in the world. Breck Brews, um, by the way, Avs opening night tonight. Uh, if you're not going down to the game, there's only one place to go. It's to the yep. DNVR bar where you can have some Breck Brews. Of course, if you're a DNVR member, you'll get hooked up with a 22-ounce Breck Brew for the price of just a 16-ounce. And those things, man, those will those will last you. Uh, a few minutes there if, if you're watching hockey, especially because you got to pay attention so much. Um, so come on down, enjoy the game, get you some Breck brews. I believe we have eight different Breck brews on tap at the bar, and we love them all. I mean, if we could have every single beer that Breck brew offers on tap at the bar, we would do it. Um, and a little chill in the air for a lot of people, that means it's vanilla porter season. So come on down to the bar, have you a vanilla porter. Or if you're like me and you just think that Strawberry Sky is a year-round beer, you can have that too. Or any of the other great Breck brews. But if you're having a beer tonight, make sure it's a Breck brew. Make sure it's a Breck brew. And if you need a job, I've got the perfect company for you. Ball, as in the aerospace engineering company, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer, and the company that is on the Avs and Nuggets Stadium. They've reached out because they need help with their gold implant here in the Denver metro area. They have floor manufacturing positions for production technicians and other roles available. And they're adding to their line capacity to their 400 plant here in Golden because... They make cans left and right, left and right, right and left everywhere because they made over 101 billion cans last year and they want to make even more. And not only do they want to hire you, but they're a great place to work. My Aunt Julie, shout out to Julie. She works at Ball and she absolutely loves it. Just started there recently. Only has the best things to say about it. But also they have the equality index score of 100% and that's recognized by the Human Rights Campaign because of their culture of belonging is so strong. So if you want a job of ball go go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden to find one of those openings or text golden g-o-l-d-e-n to 77222 go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden also want you to check out mint mobile after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers if we've learned anything it's that there's always a catch so when we first heard that mint mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month we thought what's the catch but after speaking with them it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile secret sauce that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. So they're cutting out the brick and mortar retail stores. Thus, Mint Mobile doesn't have any crazy overhead costs that are passed on to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, they just pass on the savings direct to you. For, 50, for people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you know what? If you've got a phone, you can keep using that phone. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan 
Keep your same phone number along with all of your existing contracts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile will have you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. That's mintmobile.com slash DNVR and get that wireless bill cut to $15 a month. Again, mintmobile.com slash DNVR. All right, guys, let's move on here. Quickly, let's hit this super chat from Ian B. Um, kind of savage here. He says, recently saw that <laughs> Ed Donatil's son is a quality control coach of the historically bad Seahawks defense. Sure, we're getting all the heat, but there's another guy I don't trust. Man, Tom Donatel just catching strays on the podcast oh, today. Man, uh, that I, is I, tough. As a quality control I coach. I was going to say, he has almost nothing to do with the fact that the Seahawks defense is bad. And to be honest, Ed Donatel has very little to do with uh, with what's going on with the Broncos' defense. He's not the play caller. Um, he's essentially just a fix, you know, kind of right hand man. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not, I just don't have any uh, any ill will towards Ed Donatel. No, I, I don't either. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get mad at him, you'd look at the secondary because he's kind of the de facto secondary coach, and the secondary has been disappointing this year. Uh, but I, guys, there, there's no way that I see Vic Fangio firing Ed Donatel. The only way I see Ed out is if Vic is out. Yeah, I agree with that completely. All right, let's move on back to the whiteboard here. What's next? All right, let's get to this another one. And Ratten, it is put Darren behind a wall. Mace, you want to explain? Yeah, you look at by the, the last uh, the, the last ten games for Darren Waller going back to last year. He's been over a hundred yards five times in those ten games for a tight end. That's pretty notable. And I mean, we know about the Broncos' historic struggles with covering tight ends. Waller is as difficult to cover as as any that you'll find. Think back to Week One when the Raiders were breaking down at times and the thing that kind of kept them on path, got them back on their feet was when Derek Carr started finding Darren Waller. The thing with Waller is he can beat you long, but he can also beat you short to intermediate. He can also just move, move the chains. And another thing to consider guys is that if you look at the Raiders five, five games to date this season, when Darren Waller has been above 50, been above 50 yards, they're three and Oh, 50 or fewer. Oh, and two, they're going to look at that and say, we got to feed him the ball a little bit more. Yeah, Darren Waller's an absolute beast and has tore the Broncos apart. The only question is, it's easier said than done. How do you build that wall around him? I mean, is it Justin Sternod? Is it Pat Sertan now that you have Ronald Darby back? Uh, is it Justin Simmons? W whatever you do, you got to do a lot. You got to put a lot of resources next to him because if he beats you, that's just straight up shame on you. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos have the personnel to stop him. Um, I don't think anyone does. Like, there's just certain guys who you just don't stop. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think Darren Waller is one of those guys. The worst part for the Broncos is I don't think that the uh, the uh, Raiders are going to have any – like, I don't think they're going to accidentally leave him out of the game plan when they play the Broncos. Um, right. They look at the Broncos, they lick their chops, and they say, this is a Waller game. Um, give that man the rock as much as you possibly can. And like I said, you know, it's not a knock on Justin Sternad. It's not a knock on Pat Sertan. It's not a knock on Justin Simmons. It's not a knock on any of these guys. I just don't think – I don't think he's a coverable person. Um, so you have to – I mean, you could double him. 
um, but we know that exposes you in, in a bunch of other ways. So you're just going to have to hope to keep him in front of you um, and try and make a couple plays on the ball, but expect him to go off. Just and, just expect that. And the thing is, you're, you're going to have to have uh, a little extra eye on Henry Ruggs so he doesn't beat you over the top and Darren Waller. But guys, if Hunter Renfro's tearing you apart and he wins the game, you know what? Congratulations to the Raiders. That That's a, a great job. Congratulations to Renfro. Uh, but just focus on those two guys, really. And then you're also going to have – the tough thing is you're going to have to focus on the guys out of the backfield. The Raiders do not run the ball. The Raiders are very good in pass defense, actually, and they're also very good in passing the ball. We know Derek Carr had that incredible start. Where he was averaging 400 yards per game in the first three games. He's come back to earth a lot, but still, he's proven to be a really good passer this year. Ravens or Raiders' pass defense is good, but their running defense and their running game is like non-existent. You can run the ball on these guys. They're one of the worst in the league, and their 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 running game. They just don't do it. Now, maybe that will change, and that's why expect the unexpected on that whiteboard is really important because maybe they say, wait, we have Josh Jacobs and Kenya Drake. What are we doing not running the football? And maybe they change that this week. Uh, but if if they don't run the ball, they're going to use those backs out of the backfield. So uh, let Hunter Renfro beat you. Don't let these, these other guys beat you. All right, next one is stay out of third and long. Yeah, and that's – and look – we're talking a lot about the Broncos' struggles on third down right now. That is, an, that is an understandable and justifiable issue. But the thing is, those issues are actually starting on, for, on first down, okay? Because one thing that I was, I was looking at last night, I wanted to see how often the, how, how often the Broncos were getting behind schedule on first down. And, like, for example – Let's uh let, let's take a look at at in particular when they run the ball on for on first down. How often do they have no gain or lose yardage when they run the ball on first down? Twenty three point six percent. Their yards per carry is fine. It's you know four point two. Nothing wrong with that. But because nearly one out of four first down runs is going for no gain or a loss of yardage, guys, that that is the fifth worst rate of that in the NFL that's putting them behind schedule way too often when they run the ball on first down and that's something that they've got to change they've got to make sure they're not losing yardage or having no game when they run it on first down if they get two they get three that's fine it keeps them on schedule but this is where their third down struggles are starting and they're starting on first down yeah, yeah. Our, our our friend uh Nick Kendall reached out to me yesterday and said hey there's actually a stat for what you've been trying to um, uh, articulate about the Broncos' run game. It's called rush rushing success rate. Basically, mm-hmm. what it outlines is: um, Do you when you run the ball? Do you on first down? Do you get forty percent of your needed yards? Meaning, do you get four yards? If you run the ball on second uh, second down, do you get sixty percent of what's less? And if you run the ball on third and fourth down, do you get a hundred percent of what's left? Um, and the Broncos are twenty sixth in rush success rate. So it's telling you that, well, yes, once a game, you are you are due for a pop run um, where Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon can break one off. And that's why, you know, the, the yards per carry actually look pretty solid. Um, the Broncos are not succeeding in accomplishing what you set out to accomplish when you run the ball on first, second, or third down. Um, and, and that's a problem. Um, but to me, the biggest part of it, the, the single biggest issue with uh, this is the 
way in which these plays are being called. It's not creative. Um, it's not ever catching the defense off guard. You're not seeing, um, you know, like the, there was a, a couple years ago, they ran a great counter out of shotgun which, with Philip Lindsay. It was one of their go-to run plays. You're not seeing any of that. Um, you're seeing them line up and run the ball right into the teeth of the defense who is sitting there with eight men in the box expecting them to run the ball on first down. And Dan Orlovsky tweeted it out today. He said, the Broncos ran the ball on every single first down in the first half except for when they were in the two-minute drill. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, you have to have some semblance of creativity when you when you go out there and you're planning to call a game and, and Pat Shermer isn't doing it. Run, yeah, run, and pass, that's like. Yeah, that's why creativity is going to have to be key for this. And, guys, our fifth key is rush and cover. Rush and cover is what the Broncos are going to have to do. And, hey, that brings it back to uh, to, to Squid Game with because uh, I think that takes place in Korea. So uh, rush and cover, guys. The Broncos what? just straight up don't do rush and cover in uh, uh, when they play the Raiders. They don't rush because Derek Carr throws the ball in like half a second after the snap, and they don't cover because they give that cushion that we talked about, and they just let the Raiders catch the ball. I would like to see a more aggressive game plan uh, because if if you're going to play eight yards off the line and let them have these quick passes, then the rush will never get home, nope. and then you're just neutralizing Von So you may get beat doing this, but... Go up against the line. Let's let's bump. Let's be a little aggressive. We know Pat Sertan can do that with the rest of you guys you have in the secondary. You should be comfortable doing that. Double team Darren Waller. Have a little eye on uh, on Henry Ruggs. But don't let them get those easy passes. And then Von Miller can be Von Miller. He can actually have some time to go and get Derek Carr. I mean, we talk about how just this, this defense was totally neutralized by Lamar Jackson because Von Miller wasn't able to rush. Okay, I get it. That's them. But if you're not going to adjust your game plan in order to allow Von Miller to be Von Miller, then you know what? You're doing that to yourself in this game. Yeah. By the way, when you had Russian cover with as, Russia as in the nation, the NFL has an international development program. I can't wait for when there is a cornerback named like Kafelnikov from St. Petersburg or something like that. And we can say, well, he's in, it's the Russian cover, baby. I feel like uh, <laughs> uh, the Russian cover is like a sports betting term. Um, oh, they didn't cover, yes. but they did get themselves a Russian cover. <laughs> yeah. um, Does that make money? I, I don't. I think it's if like the line opened at a certain number and then moved to num another number, and they covered mm. the opening line, but they didn't cover the final <laughs> line. It's a Russian cover. That's um, incredible. I love it. Um, I got to admit something, guys. Seeing the whiteboard has made me far less confident in the Broncos' ability to win this game. If those are the keys to the game, then the Broncos will lose because I don't think they will accomplish many, if any, of those. Um, I think th what is – I think it's going to come down to the offense. It's going to come down to the offense. And I think or four of those five based on defense, um, I think it's going to come down to the offense. And to me, that means – Go get a lead. <laughs> like it's funny to say uh, because we've joked about this so so many times. But as mu as much as it's a problem that that's the formula for the Broncos to win, it also is the formula for the Broncos to win. They need to have a formula where they come back, but they just don't have it. Um, so I think they're going to have to go score early, uh, which again, not a lot of confidance in them being able to do that. Um, Vance Joseph. 
Well, well, and also, what is it? Twenty-four straight games without an opening drive touchdown. Yep, Pat Shermer does not have one in his career with the Broncos. So that's bad, but they need to figure out a way to do that. And then I think they need to get a stop to give some the team some momentum because they did do this against the Ravens, right? They got an early lead, and then they gave it right back to them. Um, so to me, that's the formula. Uh, I don't think they're going to stop Darren Waller. I don't think they're going to stay out of third and longs. Um, and uh, I think that they're going to have to – Get a lead and defend it. That's the formula and if, for me. And if they don't stop Darren Waller and are bad on and, and are in third and longs all game, I, they're going to lose. And so you hope that they can get off to an early lead to take some pressure off both of those. But, man, if you guys are a little uptight about this whiteboard just like Ryan is, you got to check out our friends over at Solace Meds because they're hooking it up on a lot of products that can help relieve the stress of what this game is looking like. They're giving you 25% off Dixie Gummies this month. Also 25% off Solace Bars, 25% off Solace Sticks, 25% off Mile High Extractions, 25% off Summit, and 25% off 1906 drops during the month of October. And they've also got some sweet deals coming up for Halloween. The entire store on Halloween is buy three, get one free. And they'll give you a goodie bag with the purchase of $50 or more on Halloween as well. So you're going to have to check them out on Halloween and check them out in the entire month of October because not only do you get those deals, but if you use the code DNVR20 over at Solace Meds or SolaceMeds.com, you will get 20% off on top of those other discounts. So make sure to check them out. They've got so many deals going on right now. They have four locations, one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, Denver, and one just close to us on the East Colfax close to the DNVR bar. So check them out and smash that code DNVR20, whether you're in person or on solacemeds.com. Also want to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. We, hey, look, you know how much we love you, but you've been letting us down lately because our longest and most loyal partner to date, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So here's how we're going to change that. They're offering a new code to everyone. You know about DNVR20? Well, we're going to crank it up a notch. Five percentage points, DNBR 25 for 25% off at Strava Craft Coffee. Not only do we love what Strava tastes like and we run off of coffee, but it's also CBD infused and can help you with so many ailments. It's different for everyone. Check out their reviews and you'll be blown away with people's stories about how Strava has helped them. They'll deliver straight to your door. And also, if you try it with that code DNBR 25, you like it, you can subscribe and get 20% off every purchase for life over at Strava Craft, over at Strava Craft Coffee. Subscribing means you never have to buy coffee in the store again. It'll land on your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Whatever you prefer, you'll get 20% off every time over at Strava Craft Coffee. And hey, if you want to just try it once, come on down to the NVR bar. Try Strava's incredible cold brew. It's on tap at the DNVR bar. Swing on in and try it. You won't be disappointed. CBD like they have in Strava Craft, coffee can help with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. If you want three or four cups a day, hey, no coffee jitters. So check out Strava Craft Coffee and use that code DNVR25 to get 25% off or subscribe for life and get 20% off every order over at StravaCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A-C-O-F-F-E.com. I love it, Mace. And Mace, blitzing through hairs has never been easier 
thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. And over 2 million men worldwide have trusted Manscaped by using the code DNVR at Manscaped. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. And guys, there is no better place to go to get the best products out there. And of course, I have to start with the Lawnmower 4.0. It will keep you safe with their anti or, or with their advanced skin safe technology and make sure you never get nicked or, or cut. It also comes with a light that turns on and off so you can use it uh, when it's dark out. You can use it when it's light out. Uh, the battery life is fantastic thanks to the wireless charging and the game changer is it's completely waterproof. So you can take it in the shower, take it in the pool if you want. Uh, you can, of course, do it when you're dry as well. But it is the best razor out there and guys they've also got just the perfect package it's called the performance package 4.0 and you'll not only get the lawnmower 4.0 you'll get the crop reserver crop reviver and you'll get performance boxers and a travel bag at that 20 percent off if you use the code dnvr at checkout over at manscape.com you also got to check out the weed whacker for those nose hairs ears hairs it, it all comes it comes at some point for everyone and the weed whacker will help protect you when those hairs start coming out so make sure to use the code dnvr over at manscape.com to get 20 percent off and free shipping well mace Let's talk to the people, see what the vibes are like today. Obviously, they've kind of been down. Now that we've moved on from the Steelers game, let's see if vibes have started to get a little more optimistic for this game. And the first comment is coming in from Fangio Schmangio. He says, beware the interim coach bounce back after a scandal or tragedy. Often, a galvanized galvanizes there we go galvanizes the team the first week running high on emotions us versus the world mentality then the wheels fall off next week regardless whoever the interim head coach is he will still out coach Fangio Smangio Shat Permer and Tom McMeh and make them look like the inept makeup list clowns they are holy smokes this is from Fangio Smangio remember bring out the clown car before the game give the fans a real show oh my Mm. goodness well we certainly know where he stands yeah the one thing I'll say is that uh first of all i think back to uh the broncos back in 2010 here's an example of how it can go the other way because they get rid of josh mcdaniels they move to eric studisville and i believe they got blown out 43 13 in arizona right after that so it can go either way the thing is though there really isn't a template for a coach departing like this as in with not only scandal but with the team three and two and having right. had a couple of, of solid wins already put in their back pocket, the Raiders justifiably, I believe fancy themselves the playoff contender. They've done, uh, they've done quite a few things right, at least before the last couple of games, Zach. And so this is one where I, it's really hard to project this. I think that's why you kind of say expect the unexpected because there is, isn't an example of it happening quite like this. Usually when a coach gets fired, it's because the team is doing terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a very weird situation, especially it happening on like a Monday night. Mm-hmm. And like we said, Mace, they're probably starting to talk about the Broncos for the first time today, which is uh, which is a little interesting there. All right, next one coming in from Jock. He says, ran a marathon over the weekend. Congratulations. Was it the Boston Marathon? You got to let us know. Uh, and had Cottonwood Mile playing as I came around the corner on the last turn. It was pure bliss. Cheers, boys. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that's giving me the goosebumps. That is so cool, Jock. And congratulations. And shout out to Pleasure Horse. Yes, nice. Appreciate that. Jazzy Bronco. Hey, guys. Thanks for the content. Fun's got a little tight over the last year, but you got me back. Hey, welcome back. We're glad to have Jazzy Bronco. 
welcome to must win week. And I think we all, we need all the help we can get. So if that includes a coaching change for the Raiders, count me in working backwards. We have two losses. Now, if we count both chiefs games, a charger split and Cleveland has losses that has us at six. And since we will likely not be in with more than seven losses, we cannot drop this one. That would require us to win all their games or pick up a win in one of my losses. And I can't see that happening. Time for the coaching staff to step up. I think the podcast on Monday did a great job detailing the problems. The worst part for me out of all the issues was the lack of aggressiveness on third down. There was one time in the third quarter on a third nine as they were coming to the line. I said, watch us get six and then punt. That's exactly what happens. If our season is on the line like I believe it is, we have to be super aggressive and do everything we know how to do to come out with a win on Sunday. Wish I was on the bus with you all on Sunday. Doesn't look like I will get to Denver for a game this year. But hoping we'll have something to play for in December in Vegas as it looks like this 42-year-old lifelong Bronco fan will get to attend his first NFL game that day. Go Broncos. Go DMVR. Oh, and go Jazzy Bronco. Can't wait to see you out here whenever you're make whenever you're able to make it out here. And I totally agree. This one this one's on the coaching staff and to get the players fired up and the players need to be fired up because a hot start is going to be crucial. Next one from Von Miller's Chicken Farm. Howdy, gents. I've been pretty adamant about my disdain for Shermer and his predictable vanilla play calling. What can he do to save his job the next two weeks? For me, they need to score some points. Talking 30 and 40 burgers. He needs to motivate his guys to be bullies in the run game and scheme open, Fant, Sutton, etc. If he can't find legitimate ways to use his weapons, what the heck is he doing calling plays in an NFL offense? Thanks for the pod, as always. Yeah, scheme open, Fant. I mean, right? You see the way that other teams use their tight ends and you're not seeing it with fan. I, I don't want to see him in pass protection. Okay. If you're going to use him to help out pass pro what, to take some of the edge off the pass rush, what you do is you go, you move him in the flat and you get the screen game going. That's how Noah Fant can best help in pass protection is to force the outside linebackers or the edge rushers, depending on it's four, three or three, four to force those edges to not be as aggressive in, in pass in, in, in the pass rush. So yeah, that, I think it starts there. Use your guys, right? Honestly, I think if, if the Broncos go one and one in the next two games, I don't think there's going to be a major coordinator change after yeah. the Browns game because they'll have a winning record. So I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, or if somehow they lose, you know, 40 to 38 in both of these games, then then Shermer's not going to lose his job if he's putting up points like that. But yeah. I wouldn't predict that coming. Aquaman says everyone is talking about new coaching staff, but why would a quality candidate be willing to come to the Broncos with the up in the air ownership situation? New coaches get fired fairly quickly once the season ends. Do you see the potential sale being done quick enough to get quality coaches? No, the the answer is the sale will not be done quick enough unless uh, Joe Ellis decides to start the process right now, then they could maybe have an owner even by January. That's still going to be very tough, but uh, from what, from what uh, Joe Ellis told us just a couple of months ago that process will not be done by the time the Broncos are making a, a coaching hire if they do in fact move on from Vic right and if he waits until after the season and then puts the team on the market even then uh, if you are on the express lane don't expect a new owner to be confirmed until later on in the spring you might know who that new owner is earlier but not at the time of, of a coaching search now that being said Way back 1981, Edgar Kaiser buys the team, doesn't like what he sees from Fred Gerke and Dan Reeves, and they're both blown out in early March, and then you have a new GM, and then, of course, uh, Dan Reeves, or Red Miller, sorry, was the coach that got blown out. Dan Reeves comes in with in in May or March of 81 with Edgar Kaiser. So that's the sort of thing that could happen, but it's unlikely. 
Ryan Sloan says, bringing my daughters to their first Broncos game this week. Let's go. That's awesome, Ryan. Love to hear it. Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer, says, Kendall Hinton with that touchdown catch. Let's go. So happy to see him contributing in multiple ways. I completely agree. I was pounding the table last season about quarterback classes the past few years and how easy it is to draft a quarterback and got pushed back on the pod then. Not to rub it in, but it's validating to hear Ryan now say it seems like he's getting easier to draft a quarterback nowadays in the NFL. It has been getting easier. The Broncos, not just Elway, just make really bad picks or avoid drafting the position sometimes fail failure slash losing is a choice or a series of choices in this case on the topic of Gruden leaving when will we see Tyreek Hill leave the NFL clearly thinks saying vile things is bad they must be sickened to beside themselves at someone doing vile things to another person until the NFL is actively trying to force Hill out they're tactively showing they believe what he did isn't so bad or wrong and that it should keep him and and it should keep him from being in the NFL I guess the ball is really in the Chiefs' hands at the end of the day. Maybe they just don't care. Let's just say I think they have a different set of standards for coaches uh, maybe than for um, players. But the other thing is I'm not sure any of this would have come out, Zach, if John Gruden had not directly insulted Roger Goodell and directly Mm. insulted at least one owner with some fairly vile comments about Brian Glazer, one of the Buccaneers owners. Yeah, and that's that's just BS. I mean, if bad yeah. things are happening, it, it shouldn't be you know a revenge thing for Goodell. If bad things are happening, it, it should come out for for anyone. Uh, and it and should. I totally understand the frustration yeah. for Tyree Kill. Unfortunately, yeah. that not, he he's he's past the the NFL's. Uh, um, disciplinary already. He's he's going to be in the NFL for a long time unless he does something again. Yeah, that's just uh, it's sad, but this is just kind of how it works, right? Exactly. PS2 says, hey guys, I finally decided to my renew my membership. Let's go, PS2. We got him again. I was formerly known as Locked In, but decided to change it to PS2. I have I have this weird feeling that Locke will leave the Broncos and become a franchise quarterback. Most people compare him to Josh Allen, hoping he would make the leap, but I always thought he was more like Baker Mayfield. If you look at the first two years of their careers, they have similar touchdown-interception ratio, completion percentage, and passer rating. They both even started really well their rookie year and had major sophomore slumps. Obviously, Locke didn't get to continue the trend, but I could see him leaving and playing with a team that is heavy play action like the Vikings and doing really well. What do you guys think? Hmm. <sighs> Good question. I think you're right. If he's going to have success in the yeah. system, it would be like that, and, and, and that would make sense, but he's he's not going to get a starting gig. It's going to have to be uh, due to injury or something, why, why he gets a, a starting role again, because when he lost this opportunity to Teddy Bridgewater, he, that that's his role moving forward, and, and he's going to have to earn from the backup role. He's going to have to earn a starting role. And the bottom line is if uh... – if if another team saw him as a starter, he might be he might have been traded by now. The league yep. the, the league in general does not see Drew Locke as a starting quarterback at this point. Exactly. SD Bronco ninety three says, "How are we feeling today, fellas? I always want to thank you for the amazing work you guys do. Don't always comment, but I'm listening on the daily here in San Diego. Thank you so much. We'll love to hear you chiming in, San Diego Bronco." He says, "Anyways, I'm so excited for this weekend, regardless of the situation around the Broncos and who they are playing, because my fiance and I are going to our first game in a power field. Obviously, we want the dub, but regardless, we are going to be lit. Oh, and we're definitely going to be at the tailgate. Also, can't wait to meet y'all on Sunday and crack crack open a cold one. Let's." Go Broncos and let's go DNVR. Can't wait to meet you. Make sure to come up and say hi. That's uh, that's awesome and welcome to Denver. Yes, welcome Denver. Can't wait to have you. Dan Burke, real quick. 
Hey guys, let's talk hypothetical. Say the Broncos lose to the Raiders at home this weekend. How bad will the meltdowns be within the team, fan base, and media? Oh, it's it'll be really bad. Uh, the the meltdown will be huge, Mace. Uh, uh, from all all of those standpoints, and there's not going to be much time for for the meltdown to really get going because then they have an opportunity to lose again, or I guess you know have a very surprising win on Thursday. But that's what's so tough about this game is. Man, you could have two wins in four days and really turn your season around. Mm-hmm. You can go one and one and keep this thing alive, or if you go zero oh and two, man, it's going to come crashing down very hard. Very and I would, hard. And I would also say this: the margin may not be the same, but if the Broncos lose Sunday to the Raiders and lose with more mental mistakes, self-inflicted wounds, it's going to start being like twenty ten after the Broncos lost the Raiders and the fans really turned on McDaniels at that point. And I think the, I think the fan base, I think the fan base has already started to turn based on social media mentions on Sunday. I think it's, I think it really turns against Fangio if they lose this game. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Mace. And we're going to have to run to practice now. So if we didn't get to your comment, uh, please just drop it in tomorrow's pod. Big shout out to Mile High Buckeye. Sir James says, true chant fan 24, Lionel Hutz, attorney at law, the Danimal, and Thick Fangio sitting at the table uh, pretending to read a newspaper. We see your comments. We really, really appreciate all of them. Leave them for tomorrow, and we will definitely get to them. And before we get out of here, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, one more time because they are the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but over at MSU Denver, they deliver. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. So whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same to them. Check them out over at MSU Denver Online. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us, breaking down the keys to beating the Raiders. For everyone tuning in live, hit us with a thumbs up we'd really appreciate it and thank you for all your live comments thank you for all everyone's comments on the website we love hearing from you and we're so happy that you're part of this community so thank you guys so much tomorrow we'll be back live in the morning to break down if the broncos will beat the raiders and move to four and two it's going to be doomsday here in denver so for andrew mason ryan konigsberg i'm zach stevens thank you so much and have a terrific hump day we'll talk to you tomorrow We're flying cotton, we stick to your lips Now I know those lips ain't mine They haven't been in a long, long time I'd like to patch it up, I wanna change your mind Spin for one side.
don't 